Welcome back, comrades. Today, we are talking to our lovely guest, Hannah Seppa. We've been friends for a long time. I've known her since all the way back, probably since I was in elementary school. And I came to Liberty Elementary from Idaho City between second and third grade. So I've probably known her since all the way back then. But um, I haven't gotten a chance to talk to her recently because although we were taking classes together, um, as we were both chem majors, she switched. So in this episode, we go into depth about that decision, and uh, I also get a chance just to catch up with an old friend. So without further delay, here is the wonderful, beautiful Hannah Seppa. Today joining me is the wonderful, splendid, human being of a guest, Hannah Seppa. Thank you, Keaton. It's nice to be on your show. I feel very honored and Absolutely. And I just want you to know you weren't just a diversity pick. Um, you may be a woman. But <laughs> <laughs> long pause for emphasis here. <laughs> exactly. But um, <laughs> here's the dictionary definition. Um, but no, like I was actually think that you'd be a really fun person to interview. You know, I've known you for a long time. Uh, gosh, longer than I would think. We've known each other since what elementary school? Yeah, it's been a long ass time. So I was excited to hear that you guys had this cool project going. Yeah. And I definitely wanted to jump on board, see what you guys were doing. So. Yeah, exactly. And you know, appreciation isn't limited to males. It's not limited to any uh, any group in particular. You know, anybody is capable of feeling it. Anyone is capable of expressing it. So that's the whole point of it here. Yeah. So, all right. Let's dig into your past. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> There's a lot of trauma, let me tell you. <laughs> Show me your records now. <laughs> so uh, let's start off here. You recently changed your major. Yeah. Uh, so you're originally in chem with me. Yep. And then you decided that I don't hate myself that much and you went towards a different route. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So what are you doing now? Um, right now I'm doing psychology with a glance at looking into going to law school. But we're not sure yet. I don't know. It's kind of scary because I could technically graduate next year. So it's technically my junior year. And that's normally when people know what they're going to do with their college career. Oh, my God. So it's kind of spicy. Um, but yeah, no, psychology is really cool. I like working with people and I can still make a difference in people's lives and a lot of input inspiration from our queen rbg so yeah maybe go down that path and win women back their rights after this new supreme court justice gets nominated yeah so. we'll, we'll see what happens with that right now as of this recording uh we don't know exactly what's going to happen uh we know who the replacement is nominated to be but we have yet to see how it's all going to turn out uh I'm hoping and praying we'll see what happens. Yeah, you and me both, man. <laughs> hey, you can maybe fill that position someday. Hopefully. It's going to take a while, but that'd be kind of cool. Yeah. I'm, okay, so here's the thing. I think that, you know, whether you end up in, you know, a position of being at the highest level of government like that, or, you know, you just end up being a, you know, a psychologist, like, working in law. Like, I, I don't know. Like, I think that... Of all the interests that you've told me about in the past, I think they all fit you really well. And to be honest, I do think that maybe this route will be a little bit better for you than Thank you. chemistry. Yeah, because like you're you're compassionate, you're nice, <laughs> and I think that you get along really well with people. And this will be an interesting direction for you to you know take your career towards. Yeah, I'm really excited about this. And the nice thing about psychology was that it gives me a lot of options mm -hmm. too. So that was a nice appeal of switching out of chemistry to save my life and not be so miserable <laughs> all the time and not cry over calculus homework. But now I'm crying over stats homework. So it was oh. an unfortunate trade-off. Well, stats is the one class that I think you have to take and then you can skip over the rest of that, right? Yeah, it's my only math class. So it's not too bad. Calc was definitely worse, but... Hey, you'll survive this. I sure hope so. We believe in you. You are a strong person. <laughs> Thank you. And you're going to get through this. Thank you. And we all, we're all here to support you, obviously. Appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, we got, we got the single gang now. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's on mic. It's canon. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> you had to confirm. Exactly. Um, so what inspired you to go in this direction instead? Um, well, I was sitting at the end of the year trying to teach myself all this stuff that our previous teacher did not teach us mm -hmm. in chemistry because she kind of just fell off the face of the earth. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. And I don't blame her. Very sweet woman. but Very sweet. But she kind of just bailed on us when everything went online and it was bad. And I was just, I was very unhappy with what I was doing and the direction that I was going in. 
And looking at my schedule for the next semester with calc and OCHEM and physics. That's exactly what I'm doing right now. Yeah, exactly. I wanted to cry. And I was like, I don't want to go back to school. And I was like, no, I love school. I need to find something that makes me excited to go back to school. And so I started talking to my advisor and she really wanted me to stick with Kim, bless her heart. She's like, no, you're fine. Just keep going. You're fine. (laughs) I was like, Karen, I love you, but I can't do this anymore. I'm feeling that pain right now. Yeah. (laughs) Believe me. Get out while you can, Keaton. It's a great life out here. (laughs) Um. (laughs) With the route I'm going, I'm going to stick with where I am. But I I understand why you changed. Yeah. So, and then it was just kind of a lot of exploration and frustration of I have no idea what I'm doing. And so I waited until probably this summer to decide on a major and switch all my classes over. It was a long time of thinking where I wanted to go and what I wanted to do. I thought about architecture. I love architecture. I do so much. In fourth grade, Mr. Hampton told me that I should probably do it as a career because we had these like little, uh, these weekly quote unquote exam thingies that we did yes. or we had like these instructions and we we're supposed to draw oh, it yeah we had paper. to draw exactly <laughs> we had to follow all the directions and they were like super intense yeah and then he had like the key to it that he like it was like a clear um plastic with it drawn on yeah, it already yeah, yeah. and they put it over it and like saw how like correct we got exactly. it exactly i mean that was my intro to architecture that's yeah. where i should be right now right you know i'm I'm going to quit. <laughs> I don't blame you. I'm changing my You U of I, here you come. So, <laughs> yeah, they do have a pretty good architecture they program do. up there. Yeah, for sure. So it was just kind of a little soul searching. And my aunt works in psychology. Oh, that's cool. And so I called her crying and frustrated. And she kind of talked me through it. And she's like, I think this would work for you. She's like, I, I really think this would be a good fit. And she kind of walked me through like what the process would look like. Mm-hmm. And so even though I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do with psychology, I knew that was at least a good step in the right direction of I could still help people and still make a difference, even though it wasn't what I initially signed up for when I was 17 applying for college. So absolutely. And, you know, we all we all got to change our ideas because really knows what the hell they're doing exactly <laughs> we're all figuring it out <laughs> but i'm glad that you're feeling a little more confident in the direction that you're going now yeah for sure what is it about working with people that draws you in so much um i don't know i've never been a talk in front of large group kind of a person i know that you've seen me <laughs> and yeah no i was working at like a environmental consulting firm oh and it was really cool And I had a great time, but I sat behind a computer all day. And the best part of my day was leaving my cubicle to go talk to all my coworkers. So I can't, I can't do a job like that. Exactly. I can do a job that does that part of the time, but not for the entire time. Exactly. That was my thing is I was staring at spreadsheets until I went cross-eyed. It's terrible. So I was like, okay, I don't want to do a computer job. And I'd rather just work with people and help people. And I think just in general, I'm a caring person and I care about other people. So kind of with psychology, I have a lot of opportunity to help make other people's lives better and kind of help them out a little bit, whether it be through counseling or law or whatever else I decide to do with it. Do you know what direction you're wanting to go specifically with it yet? Uh, You're thinking more law, right? Yeah, that was within like the last couple of weeks. So we're still testing the water. (laughs) (laughs) This is a fairly recent development. That's okay. Um, But yeah, no, law had a lot of appeal because with counseling, you know, I, I could help someone as much as possible. But I like to fix things and I like concrete solutions. I feel like it's more of a difference of fixing things on a one-on-one scale, which can definitely be more impactful for someone individually versus being able to do something, you know, make some sort of social change on a larger scale. Right. That, uh, you know, will affect more people, maybe not in a way that they would expect it to, but, you know, for the better. Right. Exactly. So I have an impact either way. So we'll see... I, I think you're going to do great if Thank you go you. in that direction. Thank you. I mean, law is the last thing that I'm qualified to do. But, <laughs> you know, I think it's one of those things where if you put your mind to it and you really care about making that sort of change, you'll be okay. Thank you. I think I'd also look very good in a blazer. <laughs> um, that was also a cool thought of like, cool, I get to wear like suits and I look fabulous doing it. So that was cool. But yeah, no, I'm excited. I think law school is kind of scary to think about. Absolutely. But I think it'd be a cool experience 
And even if I don't become a lawyer, I could still make a difference with a law degree. So that still leaves options open. So absolutely. And I feel like it's a fairly fairly, um, versatile degree and you can get um, a lot of different types of positions with it. So, you know, maybe you can go travel the country a little bit. You know, you're not neat. you're not confined to one area to exactly. do to practice that. Right. Yes, exactly. It also leaves a lot of things open. So that's pretty comforting. I'm not nailing myself into a coffin quite yet. <laughs> <laughs> we all will someday. Exactly. <laughs> Give it time. Give it time. So where where do you want to live after you go through that? Um, uh, not Idaho. That's understandable. Um, I would like to get out of Idaho. I might come back eventually, but I would like to experience living somewhere else. Are you thinking big city, small city? Yes, big I'm definitely city. a big city person. I, I, I can stay in a small city for like a week and then I'm like, okay, I need things to do now. Thanks. That's understandable. Well, especially right now with COVID, it's not yeah, like you can do much anywhere. Exactly. It's the worst. Yeah. No, shopping's become my new thing of like, oh, I need to get out of the house. What can I do? Oh, I'll go to the grocery store. Oh, I'll go to Target. It's been <laughs> a very expensive quarantine, but it's like the only thing to do right now. Oh, wait, I don't have money. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> also a big problem but yeah you know i mean you're working now right i am thank where, where god i'm working as a nanny so i have three little kiddos they're seven three and one just turned three months so it's like the best job ever i love it i like cry every time i hang out with them i don't know <laughs> well i think that speaks to the compassion that you have for people and you know kids are absolutely fucking evil yes but they they're are. also so sweet it's hard it's a weird yes. balance it's a bittersweet <laughs> it is i know there'll be days my three-year-old she really needs to take a nap otherwise she's just so totally cranky hmm. and there was this one day i turn around and she's eating shampoo oh. and she's crying because it doesn't taste good <laughs> so she's mad at me that the shampoo doesn't taste good and then like 20 minutes later after the whole shampoo thing she's like i love you hannah i'm like i love you too i'm just like where did this come from this child is like eating shampoo and then she loves me like why do you have to torment me like this exactly (laughs) how do i feel about you exactly so yeah no they definitely have their moments especially when they're tired and babies are hard i've never taken care of a baby like full-time before Mm -hmm. so this has been a lot of adjusting but it is really rewarding and i do love them so well that's always good yeah you know it's you never want to be in a position where you absolutely hate what you're doing exactly i know there's a lot of people out there that would absolutely hate what you're doing (laughs) (laughs) that is true yes that's that's fair (laughs) i love kids but I don't know if I can handle them. <laughs> yeah, that's that's fair. Sometimes I can't even handle them. I'm like, cup of coffee number three. Um, <laughs> let's see. You're going to watch a movie for half the time so I can, like, breathe for a minute. And then we'll try and handle this. But Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, no, it's not rainbows and butterflies every day. But I do love it. So I, I don't plan on quitting just yet. Do you, have you found any similarities between the kiddos that you work with and, like, trying to communicate with people around you every day? Yeah, I think... Because I feel like we never really fully grow up. True. So I'm wondering if you see any uh, resemblance of that. Yeah, I think the big thing is just how they express their emotions. Mm -hmm. Especially at such a young age. It's like, I'm crying. And you're like, why are you crying? They're like, I don't know. I'm upset. And I'm like, okay, let's, let's talk about it. And, you know, I think it's just... They don't know how to develop their emotions quite yet. And I feel like there's a lot of resemblance with, like our age you know someone will lash out and say a bunch of really awful things and you're like whoa that sucked and then it's like well we could talk it out and be like oh you're upset about this why are you where is this upsetness coming from is it just confusion is it just frustration and i think it's just the better you get as you get older about communicating how you feel and why you feel that way i feel like My kiddos have that problem and a lot of other people have that problem. They blame other people or, you know, they have a lot of unhealthy coping mechanisms. Like caffeine? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I'm a coffee addict. I will. I will fully attest to that. You said caffeine, so I took yours away. It's water. Well, (laughs) give me that back. Water's a bad coping mechanism, too. Who needs to survive? You kind of need it to survive. No, who wants that? It's 2020. We want out. <laughs> yeah, for, for all we know, the water's like poison or something. 
The government's been like putting mind control liquid. Just turn the freaking frogs gay. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously. This is a conspiracy podcast. <laughs> the world is run by eight people. No. Yep. Enough of me. Back I, I wouldn't be surprised, though, if there was a shadow government somewhere. Oh, yeah. I would not be shocked either. I mean, given I mean, given the severity of politics in itself and how desperate people are to tell other people how to live their lives. Yeah. Like, I don't doubt that there's some really twisted group of sadistic assholes at the very top. Illuminati like, confirmed. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Basically getting off to telling other people what to do and not to do. Yeah. It, it's people are weird. People are very weird. But that's also why that's part of the reason why I really want to do this um, podcast in the first place. It's we don't I never feel like we have enough positive influences in our life. Because typically what attracts our monkey brains to whatever's in the news is typically going to be stuff that's controversial right. or, you know, negatively biased. But, you know, I like taking the time just to hear people out and, you know, understand why anybody, you know, someone you might not have ever heard of, what they have that's cool. Yeah. And what you can appreciate about them and what they do, you know? For sure. Yeah. And people are definitely a lot more than what they just do. And that's right. where we kind of dig into, you know, the psychology of it. Yes, exactly. I don't know. It's Which really is why psychology and law are really cool. Right? I think it's a good lineup. Like, Boise State doesn't have a pre-law program. Oh. So, I'm basically just kind of winging it at this point. Have you considered moving colleges? No. It'd be too expensive. Yeah, that's fair. And no, I don't want to quit my job, so. That's true. Are, are you, I mean, is the pay good enough to put up with some of the bullshit the kids give you? Oh, yeah. Okay, good. Yes, they do pay <laughs> me very well, and they do love me, so, I mean. That's the cool part, because it's like yeah. a, almost like a second family. It is, honestly. Like, I go, over, I'm at their houses all the time, and like the other day, um, one of the dads was like, oh, I made salsa the other night. Here's one for you, too. And I'm like, oh, Aww. part of the family. <laughs> can we pull a parasite move where, like, you just, like, get me and I can be, like, their driver or something? No, I'm the driver. Go look at my car. <laughs> I have three car seats in my car at all times. I have, like, a diaper bag. I have, like, crayons. And I have, like, three playlists on my phone with, like, Baby Shark and, like, Daniel oh. Tiger. <laughs> Like, the driving has become my lifestyle. You're absolutely the nanny. I am the, the nanny. nanny. I am the soccer mom right now. I have the <laughs> soccer mom car. I just need some, like, aviators. Like Get a Karen haircut. I need a Karen haircut. No, I couldn't do that. <laughs> I try very hard not to be a Karen ever. Yeah, I, I think that particularly in times as stressful as this for, you know, the nation and the world, there's just going to be a lot of instances where... You know, we're already on edge and it doesn't yeah. take much to push the people slightly more on edge than others Absolutely. over that threshold of kind of going crazy. Yeah. So it's a, it's an interesting time. It is an interesting time. I know. I... How are you making the best of it? Um... <laughs> <laughs> other than crying because of homework. Exactly. Just crying because of the state of the world. I don't know. It's been hard. I've been learning a lot, which has been nice. I've been trying to learn about the politics and with all the racial injustice going on, I've been trying to read up on that and kind of... Not just watch ABC or Fox News, but exactly. like actually read into it. Right. Good. And reading by authors of color. And so I've really been trying to educate myself and that's kind of helping. So I have like a tangible weapon of like, okay, I have these things in my brain. And, but yeah, other than that, I've been trying to avoid the news it's yeah. a lot to handle it makes me cry a lot um the world's a shit show yeah you, you're uh, not wrong <laughs> <laughs> i've been avoiding the news a little bit recently too yeah. just i'll get into cycles where you know like while i'm working like i'll just be listening to some of the stuff on and i don't know it, it's good to stay informed but if you're listening to too much of propagandistic stuff it's not going to be helpful to exactly. anyone. Mostly yourself. Right. To anyone. <laughs> exactly. Right. I know. It's always just finding things you can control because there's a lot of things out of our control. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like, okay, well, I can control my life. You know, like I have my job. I have my education. You know, I can still vote in November. And... For now. Yeah, for now. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see about that one. But... 
you know, it's just trying to find things that I can control because it feels like a lot of 2020 is not in my control. Yeah. And that's really stressful. Absolutely. And, you know, uh, obviously, like you're saying, there's only so much you have within your sphere of influence. Exactly. And I don't know, how, how do you find that you keep a positive attitude and just, you know, try to be happy during times where it feels like so much is out of your, you know, out of what you're able to influence? Um, I think my kids help with that a lot. Like if I'm home alone, I'm like, wow, everything sucks. I hate life. <laughs> and then I'm with my kids and they just want to be kids. They just want to play. They just want to. I mean, life doesn't really change for them as much. I mean, mm. they still go to school. It might look a little different, but I mean, they're kind of like my grounding tool. Like my little three month old, like he doesn't know anything. He just sits there and looks cute and I get to hold <laughs> him and take care of him. And it's kind of like. You know, it's just I have them in my life and they kind of keep me from freaking out too much. Is it that certain innocence that they have? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It's just kind of like I'm going to sit on this couch with you and look at pictures on your phone. And it's like nothing's wrong in the world when I'm just with these kiddos. Just enjoy the simple moment. Exactly. I think that's a big thing is there's a lot of good moments with them. Yeah. And if you're not living in the moment trying to take care of kids... Well, they're going to be running outside naked into your neighbor's yard before you know it. Or eating shampoo. (laughs) (laughs) Neither of which are good situations. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. So are you thinking that you're going to want to be a mom later on in life? I have mixed emotions about motherhood. Yeah. Part of me wants to rebel and not have children because I hate the fact that women are just perceived as like, mothers and wives and that's all they're worth in society Mm -hmm. so part of me is like no i don't want to get married i want to have kids but like at the same time i really do love kids and so it'd have to be a good situation i don't want it to be like where me and my future spouse are working full time and we have no time for our kids like that's falling into the same kind of trap that you're wanting to avoid exactly so yeah no i think it's if I have a good opportunity where I could still be around enough, you know, and still be really involved because I don't want to send them to daycare all day, pick them up, see them for two hours and then send them off to bed. So I think it just depends on the situation. But if the situation is worthwhile, then I would want to have kids. Okay, that's some interesting insight because I feel like if I was in a position where right now I was taking care of kids, I'd be horrified of ever having kids later oh, in my life. I've had those moments. Don't worry. I've definitely <laughs> had, I've been working in childcare for four years and it wasn't until this year that I was like, okay, I could have kids. The first like three and a half years was like, no, I am not having children. <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck is going on. I can't take care of these kids. I'm barely surviving now. Exactly. How am I going to survive later on when... I'm older, I don't have this much energy, and I have more responsibilities. Yeah, exactly. No, I have lots of moments like that. It's not just, I'm obviously going to have kids. Like, there's definitely moments of, like, I don't know if I can handle this. I like having children for three hours and then being like, here you go, mom. (laughs) (laughs) Have fun with your screaming child. They're not my problem anymore. Yeah, and one of the things that I always wonder about is how far should anyone strive from going away from the standard, you know, nuclear family kind of structure that, has basically defined Western culture for whoever knows how long. Because, like, um, I remember listening to an interview with uh, Trevor Noah, Mm. and he was talking about how, you know, he doesn't even necessarily fully um, ascribe to the idea of being married with someone and living in the same house. Right. Because, you know, adding kids on top of that is another layer of stress. But, you know, even with their... um, Part of what his argument was, was that uh, it, you know, that there's no necessarily reason why we have to do that. And we already kind of drive each other crazy doing that sometimes. That's true. Unless you get really lucky. That's true. Yeah, so, that's very true. I don't know. Are, are you looking, is there anything wild that you've thought about doing with your life that, you know, maybe may not be entirely feasible, but, you know, you'd still want to do it? Um. Yeah, just being like a single human being with like a bunch of dogs. <laughs> <laughs> sounds really nice sometimes that actually does sound really nice i love dogs me too I at least just... you won't be the crazy cat lady You'll exactly just... <laughs> people respect crazy dog ladies exactly. they don't respect crazy cat ladies <laughs> i don't know i just feel like no one should feel obligated to have a family to get married to have x amount of children 
Mm-hmm. I mean, if you want to be the suburban mom who has a husband and a bunch of kids and lives in like the white picket fence, like go for it. Yeah, That's good great. But I feel like society's put so much pressure on it that everyone feels obligated to do it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the hard part is getting away from that obligation and finding the like, okay, I don't have to do that. Like, yeah. And fortunately, society isn't like one person at the very top that you can point your finger at and go like, right. hey, fuck you, stop telling me what to do. <laughs> it, it, it's just a norm that builds up over a long period of time. And then we have to somehow untrain ourselves from taking this idea so seriously absolutely and it's more of an internal conflict at that point oh for sure it is something that you know you you can't just defeat this thing yeah and even from like a young age like as a child like i played with baby dolls and like i grew up knowing i was gonna have like this magical barbie wedding and like (laughs) you know like even as a child like that's what i knew was my future i was gonna get married and i was gonna have kids and that's like scary to think about like yeah because when you're a kid you know you don't realize the implications of that right it's just like oh i'm gonna have this you know fun family life and i'm just gonna enjoy myself and then you grow up and it's like oh shit right like i have to get money for these people i have to feed them i have to love them right i have to find time for myself and for them right and that's the thing is it's just it's not adults facing this problem it's little children being like well that's what everyone else does so Mm -hmm. that's what i have to do so I think it's just trying to find what's true for you personally. And obviously you can't decide that at the age of seven. Um, Your capital T truth. Exactly. I Thank hate you. how they phrase that though. I, I hate I... it. <laughs> that class was a joke. For <laughs> uh, anyone yeah. that doesn't know, BSU had a, uh, a UF introductory class where basically it was just a ton of propaganda trying to get you to not complain about how much you're spending for your college education by trying to get you to appreciate more aspects of it than, you know, I just feel like I'm not getting my money's worth. Yep. Um, everyone feels that way. Yet they keep the program. Yep. And, <laughs> and they've talked about recycling, completely scrapping the program too. They I'm honestly they need to. They need to. They need to. It's bad. It, yeah, no. I mean, yes. I met some really cool people during those programs, For but sure. um, it's it wasn't worth you know what I'm paying essentially. Mm-mm. Even though that's the attitude they want me to avoid. <laughs> the propaganda but, um, didn't work. Exactly, but um, is there like a higher power that's fucking around with us right now, or are we in a simulation and? I don't know. The glass is about to break and it's all going to end soon. I don't know. It's hard to conceptualize and like make this seem logical because it just seems so fucking crazy. Everything's become so normalized that nothing seems extraordinary. Exactly. When it actually is. (laughs) Right. I mean, like I was watching TV the other day and I was like, oh, they're like crowding together. And I was like, where are their masks? I was like, oh my God, I'm being brainwashed. I was like, it's just so weird. Like it, wearing a mask feels normal now. Like, and my kids wear masks when they, my little three-year-old wears a mask when she goes off to preschool. And oh, that's gotta be difficult dealing with that. Yeah, no, I feel so I mean, bad I'm in favor it. of masks, but. Absolutely. With little kids, I'm sure it's really difficult. Yeah, no, I feel bad for her. I'm proud of her because she keeps it on the whole time. She's really good about wearing it over her nose and she's a trooper. <laughs> But you know, only still. removing it when she needs to pick her nose. Right. You know, <laughs> she needs to lick something. She'll take it off. But <laughs> she's actually not that bad. But um, yeah, no, it's just this normal just keeps changing to something more weird. And, you know, like I got my flu shot. I sat in my car in a parking lot and they came up to my window, gave me my flu shot and I left. And oh, man. it was just like, it was nice. It was very convenient. But it was just <laughs> yeah. like, it was like, what's next? Like, what's going to change now? What's what weird normal thing like going to the grocery store is going to be totally different and yeah i know it's kind of hard to conceptualize like god are you up there are you just just having too much fun with this like what's going on like (laughs) it just seems so extraordinary i don't know how to rationalize it at this point yeah it's like god put us in autopilot but forgot that autopilot doesn't actually steer anything it just keeps it going the same speed the ship is going even faster and faster and we're about to crash we already crashed multiple times <laughs> no those were just like meteors that we oh, hit shit, a few shit. times okay that's fair that's yeah fair. the black hole's coming up yeah 
Nice. I think that um, with as weird as times are right now, it's definitely forced a lot of people to go outside of their, you know, daily norm, especially for people who are older than us, because, you know, yeah. they've been around for a lot longer. And I'm sure that this is even more shocking because, yeah. you know, compared to the majority of their life, you know, this is incredibly strange. For sure. So when you're in a position in the future where you're going to be like passing laws and shit, like what is it you want to do? What do you want? What do you want to throw out of the normal daily routine and make make better for people? That's true. I don't know. I really want to work on civil rights. I feel like that'd be a good place for you. I I care about people, and although I may not identify as a person of color or a person of a different gender, like I I think that everyone should still have the same rights and I think it's really stupid that we don't have that Mm -hmm. and that our government wants to take that away not the entire not the entire government but there's certain people in power that want to take those things away and so I think that would be one thing is just trying to level the playing field a little bit absolutely so yeah I think that it's always important to understand that you know people come from different backgrounds where they're not going to see the validity in like someone who is very indoctrinated with um, old style religious beliefs isn't necessarily going to believe that, you know, women have the right to vote or black people have the right to vote. I I don't think that's the case for hardly anyone nowadays. Right. Right. But I still think that we're dealing some of the residual effects of that being our past. Oh, absolutely. I think that's really evident to see. And even just in my family, sometimes like grandparent will say something and be like, "Mm, (laughs) not sure about that one. Like, I love you and I'm not going to correct you because I know you're not going to change your mind. Exactly. Uh, But okay, I'm just going to, I don't want to, I don't want to believe in the same thing. Exactly. I'm choosing not to engage with you on that one. Yeah, no. There's a lot of cases like that. Yeah. And I think that's what's kind of holding us back is we just have these multi-generational beliefs. And so it's hard to get an entire country on the same page when when we have like all this diversity, different ages, different experiences. And so I think we're put at a severe disadvantage just by the nature of the country. Mm-hmm. Like I'm patriotic in the sense that I think the U.S. is absolutely astounding. Yeah. I think that for as a country, for a country as huge as we are and with the history that we have. Absolutely. We've overcome some huge ass hurdles. For sure. And I, I think it's phenomenal that we've been able to keep it together this far. Yeah. But, you know, just because I believe in our country in that way doesn't necessarily mean that I don't think that there's you know nothing that can be improved. Right. It's just loving it enough to recognize there's faults with it, too. Yeah. So. And, it's, and that's where I think that, you know, if you in the future want to be um, a progressive lawmaker... That would absolutely be amazing if you just wanted to defend people and create precedents right. that have more uh, progressive view. That would be equally as amazing. Yeah, no, that's the plan. The, the grand I- idea until I find something and I'm like, no, that's it. But at the moment, that's kind of like the ultimate goal for my life. Absolutely. What other goals do you have for yourself? Um, I want a dog eventually. It's really hard living alone i've never Um, lived completely alone i've always had roommates or siblings my parents currently have four dogs at their household whoa yeah it's hectic it's a circus hey if you ever want a dog i can drop sierra off for a night please i'll keep her forever (laughs) you can't keep her no it's too late (laughs) (laughs) my my decision's been made i love sierra little angel baby she she is an angel she's really dirty right now she just came back from a camping trip oh i love it but Yeah. yeah This is, I want a dog. It's hard having adult money in an adult space mm-hmm. and being like, you should probably wait. But part of me wants a dog. I think with as much stress as you're under right now with right. school, it, it might not be the best idea. Right. But I definitely understand where, you know, having a companion like that is absolutely, it, it, it's heartwarming. It is. I need a pal. Yeah. So. I'd be going crazy at home right now if it weren't for Sierra. Exactly. <laughs> I know. So if it's... you want to rent her, actually. Okay, I'll, I'll rent her. I'll rent her. Um, yeah. Dog trafficking. <laughs> That's no, awful. don't phrase it like that. Now you make people bad. <laughs> I don't know. Owning dogs is a goal. Um, I don't know. Just kind of like, I want to 
move out of Idaho eventually, mm-hmm. kind of find my own life because I feel like I'm still kind of living the life my parents envisioned for me. Mm-hmm. And I'm ready to kind of step out of that and become my own person in my own city. And Do your parents have more of like a traditional uh, religious view for you? I see. Yes. And that's part of the reason you want to break away from it, isn't it? Yep. I completely understand I mean, I've even gotten messages from my grandfather. Mm -hmm. He sent me a a recipe and I was like, oh, I can't wait to try that. You know, genuine. He's like, it'll be great for your good Mormon husband and your six kids. (laughs) And I'm like, what? (laughs) He's like, oh, Lord. I know he means the best for you. I know he does. I know that that's just like the ideal life. And my parents definitely had an ideal life. They wanted me to marry a a nice boy and you know have kids and settle down and stay close to home so they can be involved and mm-hmm. you know like i want them to be involved but there's nothing wrong with wanting that but you know yeah. there's always a point though where you have to make your own life for yourself exactly so living by myself has been very nice and kind of detaching from their mm-hmm. their methods i do laundry my own way i cook my own way I, I I am in full control of my life. You're and that a queen. feels great. I am a queen. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, what was it like growing up with that kind of pressure on you? Because I grew up in a household where I was fortunate enough to have parents who kind of treated me as like a friend of theirs. You know, they still cared for me how a parent should, but they also just treated me like a friend. And, you know, generally speaking, I've been pretty, uh, pretty supporting of any yeah. ideas I've had. Um, So have you had a different experience that you'd like to talk about? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Now we're getting into the trauma. I don't know. I think my parents had good intentions. And it's never been a question of whether or not they loved me. (laughs) It's just the way they showed me that they loved me was kind of questionable at times. And it was always, you know, I had to be this perfect first child. I had to be this perfect daughter. I had to help take care of my brothers. My youngest brother, I was nine when he was born. And I mean, every summer, my parents obviously worked. So me and my other brothers stayed home with him. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I'm, I'm glad, like, I mean, obviously that was our only option at the time, but it really changed how I looked at family dynamics. And I feel like there was just a lot of pressure put on me Um, I wasn't allowed to get B's in school. I got one B in seventh grade, Mrs. Pollard's class. Oh. (laughs) Um, That brings back some memories. Understandable. Yeah. 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 Mrs. Pollard's class in general, trauma there. Um, And I like cried because I thought my parents were going to kill me. And so there's just like all this pressure to be like this perfect performing human being. And if I wasn't doing extracurriculars, I wasn't doing enough. If I wasn't the captain of the team, I wasn't doing enough. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I thrived at the time. Like I did become captain. I did do really well in school. And but at the same time, it just kind of hurt me mentally that Mm -hmm. I'm still kind of dealing with as repercussions with my mental illness and just kind of learning that like I can be lovable even if I'm not a straight A student because if you were a straight A student in college I commend you and you're probably cheating because there's no way <laughs> you could do that off of pure smarts especially if you have other um other things that you have to attend to right exactly like three kids exactly which by the way I'm really glad you told me that you were a nanny because I was thinking originally that they were your kids and I was like oh, oh nice. my god yeah. What has Hannah done in the last year that I didn't know about? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it is cool that you have a relationship with them, though, where you can, you know, you can feel like, you know, you're basically one of them. Yeah. You're their mama, basically. Uh, yeah, pretty much. I mean, yeah, I've been watching them for almost two years now. So we have, have this connection and it's really special. And it's not like a sibling thing. It's not like a mother daughter thing. It's just, like, something very unique to just us is, like, a nanny child thing. They're basically homies. We are homies. They're my homies. I know. They're starting to catch up on some of my mannerisms, though, and I'm kind of concerned. Uh Uh-oh. Are you swearing in front of them? No. Okay. (laughs) I've gotten considerably better about that. Especially when I'm driving. I do swear a lot when I drive because I get frustrated (laughs) very easily by the stupidity of other people. Same. But, um... (laughs) I'm really good. I don't swear in front of them, but 
uh, my catchphrase right now is, uh, yeah. And <laughs> they're starting to catch on on that. I'll be like, do you want to go outside? Uh, yeah. In a cute little, like, toddler voice. I was like, oh, my heart. And then at the same time, I'm like, please don't kill me, parents. I'm like, ugh. You're going to grow up to be an absolute set of divas uh absolutely yeah <laughs> yeah they're already divas they're so sassy that had nothing to do with me they were uh-huh. like that before i got there uh-huh. they're very sassy <laughs> yeah oh man but yeah no it is kind of cool that i have this impact that no one else has in their life mm-hmm. so that is pretty meaningful so you grew up in a household where the thing that i'm kind of making a connection with here and correct me if i'm wrong because i want to hear what the perspective is from you um when you're in a position where you're meant to be you know on top of your game and you're the kid who is leading the rest of your siblings and you know you got to be leading yourself in school and you just have all these expectations placed upon you um does it ever feel like you never really got that childhood you were hoping for? And Absolutely. maybe you're living or getting the chance to live some of it through being a nanny? Yeah, I think that's a big role of why I love working with my kids. Because I do get that little piece of childhood back that I felt like I never really had. I mean, growing up, I didn't really have a lot of playdates. I mean, mm. I had friends at school, but like I didn't have what you would call a normal social child life. You always seemed to me when, when I was like a little kid uh not isolated but um you know you're kind of just vibing on your own you're yeah just doing your own thing yeah and that was a big thing i mean i barely had people over for play dates and i didn't play sports from like the age of seven and then i played basketball in fifth and sixth grade oh i didn't know that and then i was really bad <laughs> um i'm sure you could tell by my staggering height that I was a prime basketball candidate. <laughs> I'm also not a very competitive person. And I was just not very athletic at that age. So it was not my thing. And then I didn't do anything until cheer in eighth grade. So I had a lot of these like gaps of like not a lot of socializing. Mm. And I mean, I had my brother and we're homies. And I mean, he was my best friend growing up. But it was... I think that's a unique thing to be able to say. Yeah, I love my brother. So we are, we are pals, but yeah, no, I think it was just, I was kind of isolated in like these expectations. And then those expectations kind of got internalized on myself mm-hmm. of like, okay, I have to be doing this. And there was no real like ultimate reason why it was like, I have to get straight A's. And it was like, cause that's what my parents expect me to do. But like, it was never anything that I wanted. It wasn't like, I have to get straight A's because I want straight A's. It's the, so I was doing a lot of things for other people, and that kind of creates a delicate relationship between parent and child that we can't really reach that, like, friend relationship. Mm-hmm. And we still have this issue now that I'm more of an adult and living on my own, and they still want to parent me and be like, oh, why did you change your major to psychology? Chemistry was much better, and you're going to make much more money, and, yeah. you know. And I get it. I mean, they're still going to be my parents. They love you. They're looking they out do. for the best for you. I know. I know. Like I said, it's never a doubt of whether or not they love me. It's just how they show that love yeah. can sometimes be complicated. So. Yeah. I, I think definitely, um, you know, later on in life, there might be a point where I, I think that everyone has a point where parent and child understand each other a little bit better and a little bit more on a level playing field yeah because you know i think that being a parent requires you to be in a position of this authority that you don't necessarily want to have over this other person but you just have to because you know they're dumb as shit and they don't know what they're doing (laughs) they need your guidance (laughs) yes that's true (laughs) and honestly when you look at it we're all just baby apes that grew up into adult apes and none of us really know what the hell we're doing yeah you know, parenthood is, yeah, I'm, I'm sure it's an absolutely horrifying thing. I'm you know, sure. if you even have the slightest doubt about it. Right. Yeah. No, I even have doubts about it sometimes. I'm like, am I screwing up these kids? Like, <laughs> I only see them for 12 hours a week, but am I screwing them up? Like, I'm compromising them. <laughs> are they going to be terrible adults because of me? Like, I have those moments and I'm not even their, like, biological mother. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, you, you definitely play a big role in their life, though. Yeah. So, yeah. so I, I think it's cool that 
you know, you're you're able to free yourself up a little bit by being able to hang out with these, you know, just little kids. Yeah. They're I'm sure they're assholes at sometimes, but Absolutely. you know, <laughs> they, Absolutely. they're, they're, they're innocent though. They and are. They, they really don't know all that much better. And they right. get to experience this world through a view that is unlike the view that we have. Cause at this point in our life, we've created so many assumptions Absolutely. and so, I forgot the psychological term for it, but um, we've created our framework yes. for how we see the world and they're in the middle of developing that still. Yeah. You know, it's funny. My three-year-old refers to the virus as germs. And so she'll <laughs> be germs. like, when the germs go away, we can go back to gymnastics. When the germs... And, like, that's all it is for her. That's mm. just, like... It's just a simple thing of, like, germs. Well, a lot of people think it's just that. <laughs> it's a valid point. But, like, for us, like, we understand there's political implications. There's, like, a global health po- implication. Like, it's so much more than just germs to us. Mm-hmm. And so it that kind of innocence of like, okay, everything's going to be fine. It's just germs. Like, yeah. and like treating it nicely. We still wear our masks and, you know, we don't do anything really. We barely leave the house, mm-hmm. which is kind of hard. But um, yeah, no, they definitely have this worldview and it's kind of refreshing. I'm sure that there's a certain aliveness that you get to feel when you're just experiencing everything as it is, you know, instead of filtering everything through these frameworks that we create for ourselves. So I, what is it that makes you feel free like that? What what gets your mind in that kind of position where you can just really enjoy the moment in life? Um, I don't know. I think the big thing is just not looking at the clock and just kind of like sitting there mm-hmm. and just really taking it this is normally the point where i cry when i feel really good about a situation like i'll just sit there and like cry and be like i'm so happy life's so good those are some of the most magical moments they are i mean and sometimes like when the virus hit i lost my job for a while and so i went like six months without seeing the kids and so like i'd facetime them but like the first time i saw them like i just started crying like a little baby i was like oh my god i missed you and it was just like i'm never gonna forget that moment like there's plenty of things in life that i'm gonna forget calculus already gone i don't know her like (laughs) i was so last semester i hear you i kind of forgot it already and i'm struggling in calc three yeah i believe it but yeah no like i think it's just those little moments where it's like nothing else seems to matter except for that one moment you know like we'll be playing at the park and it's like oh i need to get you home in 20 minutes but like that doesn't matter right now what matters is like i'm here with you and you're having the time of your life because this is the first time you've been to a park in six months Mm -hmm. and so i think it's just kind of like it's just like a pinpoint of like everything else just kind of falls away and it's just that freeing moment of not having to worry about, okay, we have to leave in 20 minutes, which means in 15 minutes, we have to walk everyone to the car and make sure we do this, this, and this, because getting kids in car seats is a process. <laughs> and, sure um, yeah, no, it's just kind of that full, just like fully embracing the moment, I guess. Mm-hmm. How do you get in that moment when you're not around people that, you know, make you feel like that? Um. It really depends. Sometimes all it takes is like curling up on the couch and watching a movie. And other times it's just kind of getting out of my head. Yeah. Like there's just sometimes like I'll just be driving and be like, this is really nice. This is, this is good. I feel good at this moment. And I think it's really important to be able to feel those moments as an individual so you don't rely on other people for that. Mm-hmm. You're not relying on relationships or friendships to feel freed i guess so it's just kind of like finding those moments where you're like ah yes i don't hate myself right now like this is this is a good moment let's 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 enjoy this feeling of like oh i just ate ice cream for breakfast and i watched a movie and i feel great and this is lovely like so treat yourself like the king or queen that you are exactly it's it's definitely hard to get out of your head like that and just recognize that you know you're part of your surroundings yeah you are other than this like 
thing that we coin as consciousness, there's really not a whole lot separating you from the stuff around you. Exactly. And, you know, you are one tiny little batch of atoms Yep. out of the butt fuck ton that we don't know are <laughs> out there. <laughs> True. And, and it's just, it's insane to me to think that it's so easy for us, probably because of survival reasons, I don't know, but but it's so easy for us to see things in such a skewed perspective yeah. that becomes all about us right. and our own happiness. And, 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 you know, we're trying to help ourselves out, but we become so obsessed with this idea of happiness and enjoying ourselves that we miss the moments that would make us feel that way. Right. Yeah. Cosmic expanse. Is a hard thing to navigate. (laughs) (laughs) Do you, what what do you think that, you know, other than your career and other than, uh, you know, the compassionate person that, you know, you'll probably be for the rest of your life. I hope so. You know, well, what is it you see in store for yourself? I'm hoping a good relationship. I'm really hoping. There's like 7 billion people on this earth. So I'm hoping there's like a decent man out there. Mm. who like tolerate me oh uh, <laughs> like statistically <laughs> right statistically speaking there has to be a man out there that'll deal with all of this <laughs> and actually enjoy being around me um they'll also want your credit card and the three digits on the back <laughs> right india here i come uh, <laughs> so i think that would be nice like i enjoyed being in a relationship so although, up to a point so although uh you know, parenthood is still something up for discussion. You're, yes. you're still looking for someone to share this experience with. Yeah, I think that's the big thing was this quarantine taught me that I'm my own person and mm. I don't need another person to complete me. Like, I'm not a half. I'm like a whole person. Exactly. And I can add an addition to that. And I think I really did enjoy sharing my life with someone of having all these shared experiences. And even if it was just like elementary school, like we all have these shared experiences of elementary school and that's really special. Like we can be like, oh, remember that one time in fourth grade when Mr. Heron pinned Philip against the wall? (laughs) And we'll remember that. Like that was a shared experience and I'm never gonna forget that moment. That was really funny. I think everyone in the class was happy. (laughs) Oh, we were so happy. We were overjoyed. I I hope Philip's doing good today. I hope so too. But yeah, Philip, if you're watching, we, <laughs> we love you. Huh? Yeah, we, we hope you're doing well. I, I don't hold a grudge against anyone unless you're right. really fucking stupid. But I haven't right. met anyone so far who is that fucking stupid. Exactly. So, right here, <laughs> so, yeah, I think it's just having people in your life to share experiences with. And, you know, my my little three month old is probably not going to remember me for a huge chunk of his life obviously but like i'm sharing these experiences with him and my girls and you know all these people in my life and i think that's really cool is those shared experiences that hopefully you'll remember and kind of go back upon Mm -hmm. when i was in wolf connection uh during my junior year of high school uh, i got the really cool opportunity to do a lunch buddy program with the elementary school that was right next to our high school and uh, I, I was really lucky. Um, some friends got like little kids that were, uh, I, I had one friend who had a boy that he had in a group of three and his kid kept getting in trouble. And one time they found him in the girl's bathroom well, sure. <laughs> in the stall with the girl. Oh <laughs> yeah. And kids got game. <laughs> yeah. More than I do. Um, <laughs> but you know, a lot of people had to deal with stuff like that. Cause right. you know, kids are wild you never know kids what to expect with them yes. <laughs> but i got i got really privileged to have um two girls that were the sweetest little things ever. yeah um melanie and amaya i still remember Aww, their names so they, they were awesome and like yeah. they were the type of girls that you know just wanted they didn't want to like go play with like most of the other kids they just wanted to like hang out um and do like their own little games we did a lot of like um collection type things where we'd go around and like pick pea pods off of the tree yeah. and like just find little stuff for like their little imaginary um forts that they were making i love it 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 was really fun yeah. and you know i didn't really expect my personality to click so well with theirs right and you know that's the whole thing was an experience that i'm never for, gonna forget yeah and it's one of those 
I don't know how they perceived it. Right. But I hope they had fun. You know, sure I would goof, I would make an ass of myself when we right. were um, in the lunchroom just to like get some giggles and stuff. Yeah, <laughs> because they were enjoy. They they had a fun game where they'd see how much stuff they could stack on my head before it fell. I love it. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like kids don't really bullshit you. If they don't like you, they'll make it very clear. Oh yeah, they'll be horrified so, of you. <laughs> exactly. So I feel like, from what it sounds like, they did enjoy their time with you. Exactly, and I, I think what's so cool. Like, I'm thinking more about you know the relationship that you're explaining that you have with the kids that you nanny and i i think that it's really special when you're in a position you know as, with people as old as us to be able to interact with people who you know aren't bullshitting you right like you know they are treating you authentically and you know when i was a little kid i was really anxious and you know i probably wouldn't have been super um super accepting of anyone right but it wasn't because i didn't like them it was just because i felt horrified all the time <laughs> yeah life is scary man i don't blame you yeah when you're a kid it's even scarier exactly <laughs> or it can be it can be. <laughs> until you realize just how much is at stake <laughs> true very true <laughs> but getting to um getting to like just play at recess with them and you know eat lunch with them and stuff it took a while to get into that but something that i realized at the end of it looking back was that this is an experience that showed me how I interact with people who are treating me authentically. Yeah, it's... And it was such a warm feeling in my it heart. It is. It's like, not just because, like, I, I knew that they had fun with it. They wrote me letters and, and stuff. And so I knew they enjoyed it. And that really warmed my heart. But right. it was also, you know, knowing that, you know, I'm capable of making someone feel, you know, that happy, you know, for just those, like, little lunch periods that we had yeah. together. It was such a fun experience. It, and yeah, for sure. I don't know. So like when I'm looking when I'm looking into my future, I definitely think that, you know, I want to I want to be a dad for sure. Yeah. But, you know, kids are a a struggle to know how to raise. Yeah. But, hey, you know, it, it, it's a I think it allows you to see a perspective of yourself that you wouldn't have seen otherwise just interacting with, you know, people that already have um solidified views of the world right and who are already going to judge you like immediately yeah so it's an interesting experience i'm sure you'll be a great dad bet <laughs> <laughs> i have a good feeling about you i hope so um i, I it's definitely a challenge but uh, we'll see what happens in the future yeah we got time we do i just want to live my life up right now you know i don't blame you just just enjoy it enjoy the moment just vibing in the single homies group <laughs> yeah, yeah! <laughs> don't need no man or girl i need self-love right i need i mean that's really all what it comes down to right in my opinion yeah it really does i think that was another thing post breakup that really taught me that i needed to value myself because I devalued myself a lot in my previous relationship of, oh, I don't, he doesn't like with, like when I wear glasses over contacts, so I need to wear more contact. And it was just like, I wear glasses. I've been wearing glasses since second grade. Like, this is my look. And <laughs> I got this down. Exactly. You can't judge me. Exactly. And I think it was a lot of devaluing myself to kind of morph into this ideal girlfriend. Mm. And... I mean, it was a fairly decent relationship, but after that, it was like, okay, who am I now? I'm this college kid who's only experienced college with a significant other, and I mean, I spent the last two years of my life with this guy, and now I'm like, who am I? So it was a lot of like, okay, I have value as an independent human being, and I'm gonna wear glasses and not contacts because I want to. Because <laughs> fuck y'all. Exactly. <laughs> so... Yeah, I think it's, I think self-love is a really important aspect of being able to appreciate anything in life mm -hmm. or any relationship with anyone. Self-love is something that I don't think comes naturally to a lot of people. Oh, absolutely. I think, it's so hard. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that it's something that becomes stronger through struggle. Yeah. Because if you, I mean, think about it. If, if you were born just knowing automatically how to appreciate yourself in the correct way, like... I don't know, it wouldn't seem like that special of an experience when, you know, you have those moments where you really feel like, damn, I'm kind of awesome. 
Yeah. Or like, hey, I look really fucking good today. Exactly. It it it's one of those things that you have to have the worst to compare it to. Absolutely. I think So I really appreciate it. There's a lot of, of growth when it comes to evaluating your self-worth and like, oh, that person didn't want to play with me because they don't like this about me. Is there something wrong with me? No. It's just we're not we're not supposed to be friends. Like you know, it's just <laughs> on the courtyard in third grade. <laughs> yes, exactly. So I think yeah, I think there's a lot of struggle with it. And I wish it was really easy to do because I think a lot less people would have mental illness and struggle with treating people poorly. Mm-hmm. But I think it is a very important thing to make sure you're actually doing because it is going to affect a lot of areas of your life. It's self-love is a journey that no one can teach. Yeah. Although I do wish there was more of an effort in, you know, in our school system and, you know, just in our culture to, you know, appreciate yourself. For sure. I, I think it comes across as either cheesy or narcissistic. Absolutely. To say that, but it's not. You're right. just loving yourself and there's nothing, you should feel that way. Right. You should absolutely appreciate who you are as a person. Right. And when you get it so stuck in your mind that, you know, treating yourself positively like that is something that other people are going to look down on. Right. Or just something that morally you shouldn't be doing because, I don't know, maybe you're creative and you find that when you're in moments of struggle, you produce better content. Right. Um. You know, whatever your reason is for suffering, there's no point in it. Yeah. I I think that you should always take the direction that you need to, you know, take to be the fulfilled individual that you are. Exactly. Yeah. I think I always struggled. I have blonde hair. It's gotten a lot darker now that I'm older, but (laughs) I've had blonde hair. I have like a pretty, I guess, I don't know, people typically would say the figure is like standard i don't know i feel like and as an ideal girlfriend like all i'd be missing is like blue eyes and like i hated that aspect like i was like no i need to have the blonde hair blue eyes like super tan like goddess like five five look going for me it's like no first of all i'm never gonna get taller we all know this (laughs) i've always been short i'm never gonna get taller and then it's just like, I'm never going to have blue eyes and there's nothing wrong with my eyes. You and have I don't contacts. Have... You could wear blue contacts. I could. I could. <laughs> but, but that, that would defeat the purpose. Exactly. Wear glasses people all the way. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that was just kind of like, okay, society says this is beautiful. And it's like, well, I can also find this beautiful as well. Mm-hmm. You like, eye color is not going to determine my girlfriend ability of like worthiness. Yeah, exactly. And I think anyone <laughs> anyone that would think, oh, man, this girl's perfect, except oh, her eyes are just the wrong color. <laughs> ah, I don't know if I can do that. I'm sure there's someone out there that exists. <laughs> They're either in way too privileged of a position where they yep. have as many pickings as they can want. True. Or they just don't know what's good. Yeah, that's that's fair. It, it's a learning. It's all a process. It is and a process. It's a big learning curve to recognize that you know as individuals we're not perfect and we shouldn't expect anyone that we're with to be perfect also true and you know get someone who will help you be a better you yeah that's 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 essentially how i've seen it for that that's 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 the main thing for me be with someone who you think is going to make you a better person for sure and not in a way of like oh you are a flawed human being and i'm here to fix you yeah but it's just like you're already really great and i'm really great and we're just going to push each other to just be even greater. Yeah, exactly. Grow stronger together instead of, you know, trying to nitpick them and be like, Exactly. Hey, you got to do this. Otherwise, like, Right. You're not cool. Exactly. <laughs> you're not my friend anymore. <laughs> <laughs> you're not invited to my birthday party. <laughs> well, thank you for joining us on the Poe Appreciation Project. I really think that you're going to go out there and make a significant difference. Uh, honestly, you are a person who is too compassionate and too energetic for change. That was a horrible way of phrasing it. But <laughs> Do you hear that? Keaton has no faith in me to change the world. Let's just keep this on record. I'm too compassionate and too energetic. You're... Let me finish. That. <laughs> All right. Take two. You're... I think that... Um, 
you're a person that has too much compassion in your heart and too much passion for change for the better to just go through this life and not make a significant difference somewhere. I appreciate that. Absolutely. And I think that, you know, I hope wherever you go in your life that, you know, you're going to enjoy the journey. And I've enjoyed this journey of a conversation with you for yes, about the past hour. Yes, I know. Hours. We haven't talked in like six months. It's been a while. It's really it's, good to catch up with you. Yes, it was very nice to catch up with you. Absolutely. Thank you for coming on. Yes, thank I you hope for having me. that people will see the appreciation that you as a queen absolutely deserve. <laughs> <laughs> I know you can cry. <laughs> and uh, we will see you next week. <laughs>